Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, Nation. This is Bradwick speaking. Welcome to Incantation Nation. It is Friday, January 1st. Happy New Year. Happy freaking New Year. Goodbye, 2020. And here's hoping 2021 is going to be good to us. Um, we are here this evening. Uh, we have got Neve here with us. Neve, can you hear us? Hi. All right. Well, Neve, we're going to wait for Neve to get on here. Um, no, but I'm this right evening, here. I'm right we... here. Oh, Hello? there you are. Hello. You ha- you have me muted. I actually, I did not on my screen. I, I did not see you muted. Uh, I, so <laughs> I had to, I had to manually unmute myself because you had me muted. Anyway, well, hi there everyone. lies the problem. All right. Saying you and I are going to be flying solo tonight. Are you nervous? Are you are you excited? What's going on? Oh, I'm excited. Let's talk about some stuff. <laughs> All right. So on the docket today. We will be talking about uh, witching movies and witching shows and stuff like that. I think specifically movies and horror movies. Um, I not for any particular genre reason besides that it's just it's covered more. Like witchcraft is covered more in horror than I think uh, any other drama or any other type of movie. Is what I meant to say. Um, and so we have prepared with us. I have a because I'm a nerd, um, I had already listed out, like, a bunch of some of my favorite uh, witchy horror movies. But first, I think that we should talk about why uh, movies are important. Do you want to talk about your personal feelings about movies and what they mean for you? Ooh, about why film is important. Well... Um, no, coming from someone who did work in or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, no, that's okay. Um, so I I did work in the film industry for four years, and um, that mm-hmm. did give me a little more of a an idea of what goes into everything. Um, but um, film uh, t- and television uh, both. Um, I've always looked at as a source of escapism. You know, there's always mm-hmm. so much going on in the world that you, we, we just need to step out of it. And, you know, 
films allow us to do that, whether it's something um, we watch a film that's more cathartic or we watch a film that might be actually pertaining to a situation we're in, um, or if we just need a good, you know, scare <laughs> in the middle of the night, um, you know, it does kind of take us out of whatever's going on around us and gives us a chance to just escape somewhere else for just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all, what I've always viewed it as. And that's why I love it so much because at any point I can just, you know, kind of dip out and go to another space. Like, you know, it was kind of like reading a book, which is actually what got me into film. You know, I would always read books mm-hmm. because it took me out of where I was at the time. Um Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important right now uh, because who wants to really be in a pandemic era situation? You know, we've got movies mm-hmm. that can detail that out for us. We don't need it in the real life. So, yeah. I like that answer. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I think for me, I think that movies and film in general um, are both like a, an escapism thing for me, but I think it's also for me a mechanism for which I can understand myself and the people in the world around me. I think it offers, uh, uh, sorry, and offers a uh, an opportunity um, and a device to understand people. Um, and I think what we're gonna see as we talk about our movies and shows um, is like these movies that are important to us will also kind of reveal what what's important to us, like our values um, and like us as, a, as people, kind of like how you can tell a lot about a, per, uh, about a person by looking at their playlist. I feel like you can tell a lot about a person by their favorite films. Um, and so I'm excited to talk about that. So I think that, um, and we're going to be doing witching movies for obvious reasons, because we, or witches, and we need to talk about, because I feel like the, the, the movies are an overlooked uh, method of uh, religion, the, uh, how it's presented to people. Because a lot of time, like, our faith and our practices are only distributed to um, outside people through film, and there's a lot of, like, misconceptions and a lot of truths that are taught uh, through these films. Um, so I'm excited to talk about those. And there, there's some more talking points that Lady Hedera has given us. Oh, I feel like I need to introduce myself to any kind of new people. Uh, sorry, side note, because my brain's all haywirey. Yeah, um, I am Hedera Bindwood's um, eldest eldest child. Uh, I am Neve Cromer. <laughs> I, I, don't know why, I, I don't know why that just occurred to me that I needed to introduce myself, but I don't remember if I introduced myself before. That's all right. Everything's cool. All right. So um, how about let's, let's start like this. Mefe, we actually do have um, a guest calling in. I see that. Who is yeah. this person? Bring me. Yeah. Bring me this person. I shall bring them on. Let's see. <gasps> Who is this? Let's see here. Hello, Hello? Caller, can you hear us? Oh. I can hear you. Can you hear me? <gasps> is that Megan? I can hear you. <laughs> Why? Yes, it is. I believe you both conjured me by talking about <gasps> film and witchcraft. 
And Hadera herself made sure to summon me and has brought me forth. And I love you both. All of you. All three. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I love you and I miss you. How are you? I love and miss you too so much. I'm doing great. I have a few days left of break until I'm back on my uh, TV show set here in Charlotte working on Delilah. So, yeah, Yay. I definitely uh, just like Brad actually met Bradwick on a film set many moons ago. Aww. It has been <laughs> a long time. Yes, but that is so uh, sweet. yeah, I miss you both, and I can't wait until I can give you actual hugs instead of spirit hugs one of these days when it's safe again. I know, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Soon, my love, soon. Yes. Yeah. But I think you both made some amazing points, and I love your brains and your hearts and your souls very much. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to chime in, too, like you were talking about. Um, I feel like film is very important, just film, cinematography, all of that. Um, what makes it like different. I was actually discussing this, like the difference between that and like stage plays. Well, it's immortal, right? We can capture mm-hmm. this story, this music, this painting, moving painting. And it's uh-huh. one of the easiest ways for us to put ourselves in somebody's shoes other than mm-hmm. just like reading something. And mm-hmm. it is a very powerful tool. And what's really awesome is, that same film can be passed down and that uh, through generations and we can see those same moments unlike mm-hmm. just verbal storytelling or, uh, you know, stage performance will have its different little moments each time. So it is one of the most beautiful art forms in my opinion that us as humans have created. And yeah, it is also our duty to keep carrying that forth and it's wonderful to be able to reach the world and throughout time with Mm -hmm. film and tv and we can totally teach so many people or just Mm -hmm. make ourselves aware through you know witchcraft and stuff in cinema i think what i like most about film as an art is that it is for lack of a better term, a literal multimedia. So there's this saying that um, creating music is like painting time. And what I like about that is, it, it, first of all, it sounds so romantic, and I love that kind of stuff. But um, it, there's also, like, there's the art of painting time, which is music, and there's the art of painting and experience, which is story, and uh, and then there's like painting itself, which is like light and color and beauty. And what I love about like movies and film is that it's like all of these things combined. And a good, beautiful movie is one that combines all of these things like story and sound and art and visuals and everything. And it, it just it just makes my heart so happy to see movie done well or sometimes just done poorly because like even bad movies – there's something re- there's usually something redeeming about them unless there's something like morally kind of like oh kind of weird about it but 
Um, the movies that we're going to be talking about, I, I don't think fall in that category. I don't think, but um, but everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of subjective. I mean, most of the films that I would pick out to watch with the family, mm-hmm. they would all kind of look mm-hmm. at me afterwards, like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I don't think I that, like definitely. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, well, I was going to say, like, I don't think they would ever sit down with me and watch Suspiria or um, The Witch or The Ritual. Um, well, like, that's just good. not going to work. Oh, and, and for... <laughs> I will say, though, that in terms of subjecting family members to bad or questionable movies, I can definitely say that Megan has had me sit through some of the strangest things I have ever sat through in my life. And I You're welcome. <laughs> is she I know she she has Ooh, why don't you tell them about the about briefly briefly and we'll get back to the movie. Um that one thing that you and I did that I was just angry and just sitting on the couch just yelling the whole time. Mm. <laughs> I mean like which time? <laughs> it's been the J drama thing. Oh, yeah, no, uh, that, you're welcome. Uh, also, <laughs> I actually have the perfect person here with me, right, Bradwick, because I've suggest- subjected him to the same show, and he oh. loved it. So, yeah, back he down, Neve, back okay. down. Okay, oh, whoa. <laughs> okay, so for anybody <laughs> who is not following, um, Megan adores uh, J-dramas, so Japanese dramas. These are like live action, not anime. And uh, I can't stand them. <laughs> I can't stand them. Well, which is because, like, <laughs> there's, what was that? There's totally a whole different air to them, and they're more of a comedy, in my yes. opinion. But I think that's getting a little yes. off topic, though. Um, yes, it I, is. It is. I'm really <laughs> a fan of pushing towards like watching a movie that just like exudes art. Now we all, um, I would say agree, adore hereditary and midsummer and uh, films of that caliber. I know I uh, actually uh, had you guys and Hedera watch uh, the neon demon or just neon demon with Elle Fanning, Mm -hmm. which I Mm -hmm. totally loved. Uh, all of the symbolism in that. And it was just oh, mm-hmm. a feast for the eyes. Um, but yeah, movies like The Ritual, oh, Adore, I think that really captured a lot of what it's like a little bit in the dreamscape. Also, just showcasing these gods and these ways with su- such mm-hmm. reverence. And yeah. even uh, Hedera made it aware to me that even the pose that that God did was on mm-hmm. point and mm-hmm. people to just watch that and take that in. They might not even have that knowledge or have that revealed to them, but that'll mm-hmm. sink in into them in their subconscious and mm-hmm. uh, having the morals just like put forth on screen. Um, if mm-hmm. nothing else, even if somebody isn't sympathetic to it, it gets them to think about it and mm-hmm. contemplate those ways, those lifestyles. And maybe they're also very, you know, they might agree with 
oh, wow, that's a perspective I never thought of. And, huh, uh, maybe not so mm-hmm. much just with the ritual, but more like I think you guys know how much the witch impacted my life. Mm-hmm. And I will always be thankful to Robert Eggers for kind of showcasing that feeling of a young woman trapped mm-hmm. kind of in this social setting by her family, um, doing nothing but all of these events and her mother just looking down on her, her brother casting a glance, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like it, it's just a whole thing of, I, I just hope there's a bunch of people that would be like, oh, I never thought to put myself in an oppressed woman's shoes. And, oh, wow, mm-hmm. I wonder what that feeling of freedom that Thomason had at the end and that mm-hmm. sense of the rapture breaking forth. Yeah, like that's an awesome roller coaster and gift to give somebody. And that's what film does. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. I would definitely say that if anybody who's listening is delving into um, witching horror movies or witching movies, that The Witch is a good place to either that or the ritual for me. Okay, because I've I've never been super into horror movies because I never really liked slashers. I don't like, I don't like scares for scare's sake. Like I, I, I think that like the epitome of that for me is like the Saw movies. Like I I don't like I don't like pain for just like the for like the for like the adrenaline of it. I I like the build of a story and like the terror that comes from a character having to make these really like life or death decisions. I mean I, I like the story and I'm here for the story and if it's just like torture round after torture round, it's kind of exhausting. And that's not yeah, like what I I'm agree. here for. And so I, I didn't get into horror until I saw the ritual. And it was just because it was, it was on when I came home from work. And I was like, wow, this is a very pretty movie. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's a story about um, a group of um, old college friends who, um, after their friend dies, they go to Sweden as like a way to remember him. And when they go into the forests of Sweden, they have a very supernatural experience. And um, that movie, it was just so gorgeous and absolutely breathtaking. And it mm-hmm. uh, reflected a lot of my own um, personal experiences with my own craft and my own culture. Um, that, like, different things that I was able to, like, pick out and name as um, maybe not the exact same experiences, but at least the same feelings. And I adored it. And so it just, it just pulled me right into uh, horror. So I think like the ritual for me was that one. Um, yeah. What about I you? Or not? Yeah. Get your way, Brad. Um, <laughs> well, I, I too loved the ritual, um, mm-hmm. you know, going back to the the imagery of that entity, that God there. I remember watching mm-hmm. that scene, and I I was sitting there and I was smiling, and I, it wasn't yeah. until after that scene ended, I was like, 
I don't think other people smile at this scene the way I am right now. Like I'm, <laughs> like I'm sitting here. I've got certain feelings that do not creep up in 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 the normal, well, quote unquote, uh, base of watchers. I, you know, if you're going there mm-hmm. just to watch for horror's sake, you're, you're you're not getting the same feeling I am. Like I was sitting there, like all giddy, I was like, oh, oh, this this sweet God. Look at him. He just He's doing the thing, and I, I, I wanted to be there with him and acknowledge him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's something you know you you're not gonna have with other films. But I also, you know, really, really enjoyed uh, uh, Midsummer, and like I mm-hmm. went to see that one by myself. Um, oh God! And. I did. I I went to the theaters to see it by myself and I really enjoyed that experience because it it was an experience. Like I was able to look at certain things like when the flowers were moving and when they weren't and what that was supposed to mean. And I was just really able Mm -hmm. to sit with it, you know? Um, Did, did you cry? Uh, you know what? I Oh, you know what I did? I I mm-hmm. cried a little bit during the um the scene where they're all having like a a a group cry. <laughs> um the group where, cry? you know, she she's yeah, the group cry scene. I um mm-hmm. and 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 like they're all feeling what she's feeling and I did cry a little bit there only because I I fully understood what was happening um mm-hmm. you know but towards the end uh without doing spoilers I was like hell yeah you 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 did the thing <laughs> you, like you mm-hmm. took control of that situation <laughs> like yeah what about Megan did you how did you feel about that movie uh, which one again? Midsummer. Midsummer adored it. Uh, absolutely adored it. I do feel like uh, I know it was a little bit abrasive for some people, and to me, like horror has so many different elements to it. Uh, so mm-hmm. I would take that as a yes, it's horror, but also more of an art piece like I watch Midsummer mm-hmm. or even Hereditary and I feel the warm blinky feels because mm-hmm. it I, portrays I feel the, the emotions that a mm-hmm. lot of people think that are kind of taboo to talk about or mm-hmm. it's horrifying to watch uh, Danny grieving the way she is or the panic attacks mm-hmm. that she's dealing with or just seeing her kind of put up with her relationship with Christian, like that's the Mm -hmm. stuff that grades on our nerves. Um, Mm -hmm. Another movie I would say to me is kind of like quote unquote horror. I don't know if you uh, have ever seen Whiplash, but that movie. Oh, with the drummer? Yes. Yes. That just like kind of grades on your nerves, but Midsummer, I, I really loved, I think of Midsummer more like therapy than horror, mm-hmm. honestly, because it talks about 
how to let those things go take, how would you say, acknowledgement of yourself. But the beautiful thing is she found family yet again, like kind of like the witch. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time she ever had people grieve with her and support her. Mm -hmm. And and that was the freedom she found uh, by, you know, no spoilers. No spoilers here. Go watch the film, everyone. It's quite wonderful. Oh, we're not spoiling. I want to spoil. <laughs> oh well, I don't know the rules. I'm just, I just work here. I just popped in to <laughs> uh, talk to you, but I, I kind of feel like. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was, I was just say, saying, like, um, oh, no, God. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. I love you. Go, go, okay, go. Okay, 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 okay. I just want to, like, make an argument for spoiling. And I feel like we should maybe, maybe we could do that after the show. Is we can, we can spoil, maybe we can talk about, I don't know. Maybe on the second half we can talk about spoilers. Um, just because I feel like there are certain uh plot points and talking points that need, like, should be discussed for us to, like, get into the deep and gritty of witchcraft movies. I totally agree. I just didn't want to be that person that was like, what if, okay, so how about we do, we do a spoiler warning, um, and do that, like, in a, oh, right now? (laughs) Should we, right now, spoiler spoiler alert. I think that's a good plan, yes. I would okay, like so to now, start now we're doing by, spoilers. Okay, yeah, total spoilers. I just want to give you guys <laughs> uh, a list real quick of uh, yes. some movies I definitely recommend. And I'm going to take you all over the world, my friends, and all many different dates. Okay. I would wait, say, wait, I'm going um, to write them. I'm going to write them. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to write them. Oh, oh okay, okay. I, okay. I actually, it's at your house right now, Neve. Um, I know, I know. I'm Black sorry. Sunday. <laughs> Okay. Black Sunday or The Mask of Satan. That's an Italian black and white horror film. Uh, beautifully done. Um, we've already mentioned Mask The of Witch. Satan? Uh, yeah. Black Sunday in uh, America. And then okay. uh, The Mask of Satan as well in other countries. Um, okay. We've already mentioned The Ritual, Midsummer, uh-huh. Hereditary. Uh-huh. Uh, I would also say... Um, yeah, Suspiria, we already mentioned. I uh-huh. also, I think Rosemary's Baby is a really, uh, I'm so weird. Again, that's like a calm movie for me. I love that <laughs> uh, so, so much. Just good horror piece uh, stuff. Uh-huh. Not necessarily um, what we would say as in real witchcraft, but I think it's important for us to look back and see that satanic panic that people were going through mm-hmm. during that time and what they were viewing yes. as horror. So we need to school it's ourselves our, on that. It's part of our cultural history to understand the satanic panic. And um, yeah, and we can also giggle about it. It's uh, It's a comedy for us, you know. Um, mm-hmm. some television I series. Oh, I would yeah, yeah. say Salem. Okay. Amazing. And Penny Dreadful. I find mm-hmm. myself rewatching time and time and time again. And you guys might not have heard of this. 
Um, but I was obsessed with it, and it was one of the most beautiful representations of the veil I've seen. It's on Netflix, and it's called The Lodgers, and it's actually filmed in one of the most haunted buildings in Ireland, and mm-hmm. it was a beautiful art piece film. Oh, just absolutely wonderful. What is, what is it called again? The Lodgery? The Lodgers. Not sure if I'm a fan of the name. You know, I I can like you, can you I think spell that's why that? it uh like you would like the lodge right and then just okay. the lodgers. A lodger, okay. Feel like okay. So with Rosemary's Baby, we, you said that um, uh, real witchcraft, and I feel like quote unquote real witchcraft. And I have I I also have a list of some of my favorite movies, and I just have that going. Um, but on my list, I have one that I think. Uh, falls under the quote-unquote not real witchcraft because what we're talking about, um, I think we're talking about specifically um, like magic and witchcraft that's going to um, that's going to look like and is going to resemble American uh, pagan witchcraft. Um, but the one I'm thinking, the movie I'm talking about is uh, Whale Rider, and I have it on there because um, we've talked about this a lot in um, in other episodes and throughout uh, the the classes at Laughing Brook about how about the relationship between feminism and witchcraft and witchcraft being the tools of the oppressed. And um, the Whale Rider I have on there because it is a movie. And it's a movie about a a young Maori girl who um, is, I don't want to say in line, she's the granddaughter of the chief of her village. And it's set, I want to say, in the early 2000s. Um, She's the granddaughter of the chief of her village. Her father was supposed to be the next chief, but he's too overcome by the grief of his uh, recently dead wife and their son um, to realize that uh, she, the granddaughter, is there to be the chief. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. The point is is that, like, feminist movies and um, movies about finding um, your own personal power can sometimes um, kind of, like, eat its way into, like, the heart of, like, what I think witchcraft movies are really about, and it's about, I think, personal power. I would say I would add um, Ginger Snaps and American Mary <laughs> to my list, too. Yes. Um, yes. Well, I must say, I keep getting uh, disconnected, my love, um, and do. I must be going. I know. Aww. I must be going, though. So I'm happy that Hadera could conjure me and I could sprinkle my love and recommendations to you both and to all mm-hmm. of those that are listening out there. You both are wise witches, and I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly with all of the advice and recommendations you both give. I love you so much. I bid you adieu, and you both have a wonderful night. Oh, I love you. Oh, you too. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love you both. Goodbye. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 So, Bradwick. So, Neve. 
you told me that you've recently watched Suspiria. I did. I did recently watch it. It was something that um, was actually on my to-do list a couple of years ago when I saw that it was coming out and I was really mm-hmm. interested in it, but I never got mm-hmm. the chance to watch it. And mm-hmm. then we end up in lockdown and I suddenly had a lot of free time on my hands. So I found it mm-hmm. and I watched it. I'm and glad boy, that you did. Was, this is one of my favorite movies. I mean, it was it was a trip. It was it it was a trip. Did you watch the to where I don't really know? <laughs> did you watch the 1977 or the 2018? Um, the 2018 by Luca Guada something. I forget his last name. <laughs> There are two different movies. One was made in 1977 um, by an Italian filmmaker. Um, And the second one is, I personally don't like calling it a remake because it is not like, it's not plot, like the plot itself is similar, but, and there are beats, like there are moments where there's reveals that are um, like similar in a sense. The main storyline, I think, is different. I think it's more intricate and complex. Um, And so I've heard it called an ode to Suspiria, like the 77 one. And I don't know how I feel about that one either. So instead, I just call them the 1977 and the 2018. Um, But both are gorgeous, and I adore them, and I highly recommend them. And it's about for lack of a better description without spoiling anything. Um, it's about a dance school. Uh, so witches, a dance school of witches that live in Berlin during the uh, Berlin wall era of uh, Germany. <laughs> um, and it's, it's exquisite movies and I, I adore them. And so um, I will say that if you plan, I'm going to start, so I'm going to list some trigger warnings is that um, with Suspiria, there is a lot of um, body horror that because they are dance witches, they, um, they contort bodies and all of that in a way like very, like very intense and sometimes very graphic detail. And so if that's not something that you're uh, up about, then go ahead and skip that one. And then, by the way, Midsummer and Hereditary, we've talked about earlier, are also um, uh, trigger warnings because they are about um, grief and some of them are death and suicide. Um, But they are absolutely exquisite movies. And I think that as we talk about more movies, um, each movie that we talk about, I'm going to talk about some, I'm going to give some like quick trigger warnings for anybody who wants to watch them in the future because all the movies that we talk about I like we will highly recommend yes yes that's a good idea um well what so what were your thoughts on now you watched both the um the 2018 and the 1977 Uh uh-huh so like what's my okay like what like what what's the question 
<laughs> well, um, did you think that there was a really stark difference in, in the message that was trying to be conveyed and like the overall um, result of the films? Um, I know there seems to be a, a large discussion about it on the interwebs um, between the two. I've only ever seen the 2018 in, I mean, I, I picked up on a lot, on a couple of things and, but I'm not sure if they carry over from the 1977. Yeah. Which is why I don't like calling it a remake just because there is such a drastic difference between the two movies. So, gotcha. um, but yeah, gotcha. they are, yeah, that's why I don't like what calling them remakes. Like even the messages that you get from the movies are very, uh, like there's a stark difference. Um, and I think that has to do with the time period in which they came out and then, like, where our directors are from or what kind of life histories that they have. Like, the context, I think, is the most important thing that's going on because even though they both take place during, um, like, the Berlin Wall era, like, they both have different ways of interpreting the different traumas of um, like that political eras um, affect like on uh, artistic dancers. And I think that even if you consider that to be like subtext, I think that that's very um, prominent in both films, but in different ways. And I think that it's one of my favorite, like it's one of my favorite movies, a pair of movies, just because they, they can be about the same thing, but be expressed in totally different ways. Well, and I think this one, to me, this kind of goes back to your, um, you said earlier that, uh, and, and we've actually said this multiple times throughout our other episodes that um, witchcraft is, you know, um, the like weapon of the oppressed or, or, you know, for yeah. the oppressed. And I think that kind of comes across in the film Suspiria because mm -hmm. I, when I was watching it anyway, I was picking up on a lot of, um, well, a lot of instances where the theme of, I, you know what? I don't have a good word for this theme. Oh, that's sad. Well, break um, it, break, just break <laughs> it down and there, we can come up with a word. All right. Well, so I saw a huge theme of people being told that they're crazy or sim or they just simply mm -hmm. weren't being listened to. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we saw that in um, the very beginning where um, the girl's talking to the psychiatrist and trying to warn mm -hmm. him about what's going on at the dance academy. And he's just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, brushes her off and like, okay, you're, <laughs> you know, not making any you're sense. Crazy. We see it again when, yes, you're crazy we see it again mm -hmm. when another dancer comes to the psychiatrist and tries to tell him some things up. We see it with mm -hmm. um, uh, the same dancer with uh, the main character, Susie. We see it again with the psychiatrist versus the inspectors, although now the psychiatrist is the one being told he's crazy by the inspectors. Mm -hmm. Then we've got, there's a brief, Oh, wait, no, there's not, it's not a brief. It, this happens a couple other times with Susie versus Madame Block. Um, and mm -hmm. in all of those instances, one of them is asserting themselves over the other 
diminishing mm-hmm. the way they feel, diminishing their, their thought processes and not believing them and not listening to them and belittling them mm-hmm. by telling them, no, you're, you're crazy. That's, that's not happening. That's not what's going on here. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a lot of that that I got. Um, so gaslighting. You know, and yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Thank. That's a great word. Thank you. <laughs> gaslighting. <laughs> There's a lot of gaslighting going on. <laughs> so, um, okay, so I like I like this train of thought. So if you were to follow um, the idea of truth, or like the the truth, the pivotal truth of the of the film that they're witches, if you were to use that, if you were to follow that specific truth, it starts in the psychiatrist's office um, when Grace, or I don't remember her character's name too well, but um, there's a girl who is having a, um, a psychological uh, event of some kind as far as the psychiatrist is concerned, and she tells him that she is like there are witches in the in the dance hall and of course he's a psychiatrist and he's a man so he doesn't believe her um but he does take into account her psychoses as far as he's concerned and so now he is um he he is knowledge of this truth but he doesn't believe in it yet and so as the movie progresses he comes to believe in this truth and then he meets um uh Susie. What's what's her name? He meets the girl, the blonde one. Um he meets the girl oh, and he oh. tells what's her character name? Not Susie. It's not Susie. Uh she was the the other dancer. Sarah, um, Sarah. Oh shoot. Oh, okay, there you go. Wasn't it Sarah? Anyway, so he anyway, so he so we follow him, he meets Sarah and then he tells Sarah and so now she is aware of this truth but doesn't yet believe it. And so she does more digging, personal digging, and she comes to believe it. So then she tells Susie and Susie, uh, we don't know it at the time, um, begins to tell her that she's believing things before people are only um telling each other that that's wrong, that can't be happening, um, and that you're imagining things because they don't have any part in it and they don't understand how it could be true. They, it's like it's just too wild to believe. But then she gets to Susie. And when the truth gets to Susie, Susie uh, turns, it back, uh, turns it back on Sarah, and Sarah um, starts being gaslighted herself. And it's because we don't know this yet, but Susie, spoilers, Susie is um, – like the, what's the word, the core of the truth. And it's because she is um, one of the mothers that she is a, she is a witch of the dance hall. And she is not a victim as Sarah believes. Sarah believes that uh, Susie is a victim of this whole plot, but she doesn't know that she's the orchestrator of the plot. Um, And so we keep following the truth until it has this uh, like, catastrophic climax and it's one of my favorite uh like climaxes of any movie really because there's this tension there's this push and pull throughout the whole movie about um 
your relate about a character and a specifically a woman's relationship with her body and her spirit and her drive and her power and it just builds and builds and builds into a crescendo that usually in movies will fall completely flat and it just infuriates all of us as like I'm I'll speak for all of us. But in this movie, it crescendos in a way that I have never seen before in my entire life. And I don't, Brad, do you feel the same? No, definitely. Because when I, when the reveal happens, and so we did Mm -hmm. the spoilers alert thing, right, boys and girls? All right, so (laughs) we're. (laughs) We told told everyone there's going to be spoilers. Yeah, so we we get to the reveal where Susie Mm -hmm. is revealed to be Mother Suspiria. And mm-hmm. I like my jaw dropped and I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> this is making sense. Things are happening, <clears throat> you know, and then she goes and, um, you know, I, I don't know if I would call it revenge or. No, I or, don't. I don't call it revenge. No, it's it's not revenge. I'm losing the word for it but she writes the wrongs maybe we can say that like she goes through no, and she picks no, out the people I think it's, no I don't think it's wrong because I think it's purely political because every okay because what happens is in the chamber and in my in my mind I call it like the womb because the whole room is uh, painted red for a bunch of different reasons but um yeah she she only she is so serene and she's so at peace with herself and she it's not even a rampage because the rampage uh like indicates that there's like a fury and she's not furious she has come into her own and she is um she's doling the i don't what's the what's the word yeah the benefit not even benefits, but she is stepping into her own as Mother Suspiria and giving the like the gifts and the consequences. But there's it's not about wrongdoings because what she does is she goes through the room and she cuts down anybody who uh, voted for Mother Marcos, who was a um, who was an imposter. Uh, she was a figurehead. She was uh, wrong, and she wasn't one of the three mothers. Um, and right. so she goes through, and she's like, "No, you're uh, you're a false idol." And so she cuts down any of the people who sided with a false idol, knowing that she was in fact not one of the three mothers. So I think it was a I think it was a pure for me it was a purely political thing, and it was the. Um, uh, the the renewal and the not renovation, but the um, the reigniting of like that religious flame, because like they're like through religion, especially through organized religion, uh, when it starts, there's a purity to the teachings and to the um, to the script, not literal script, but sometimes there is little literal script. And through history, it's go- people are going to start making interpretations of the of the original text, the original willpower that the faith was made on. And so, 
after a certain amount of time, people would be like, no, we need to get back to the basics, back to the root of everything. And for me, that's what this was. It was that she, um, she saw where her, or her daughters were heading and they were going uh, like past the, past with the original, um, the original core uh, values of what of their religion and their um, their group were, and so she cuts down the people that strayed from those teachings. Well, and do you think though that it, it was her getting rid of the oppressors? You know, because all of these girls that all, all of the dance students were being told, mm-hmm. you know, what to do, when to do it, you know, and mm-hmm. even at the voting, when they were voting to see who was going to be the head mother, you know, everyone mm-hmm. actually, actually put Madame Blanc in her place and told her she's not able mm-hmm. to be the head mother. Like everyone has to vote for Marcos. And that was mm-hmm. actually now that I'm saying it, you know, Madame Blanc was a victim too at some points being mm-hmm. told that she can't be doing what she's doing. They even told her that she picked the wrong girl in Susie to give to mother Marcos. So mm-hmm. at the end, when, uh, you know, what's her face? Uh, mother Suspiria comes and she's cutting down everyone that did support mother Marcos and mother Marcos herself it's kind of like she mm-hmm. is taking away the oppressors because mm-hmm. her her coven had fallen victim to mm-hmm. and, and and they were being oppressed they weren't practicing mm-hmm. what they should have because someone had come to power abused it and just mm-hmm. kind of in and then did oppress everybody um mm-hmm. so that's i i can see that too well, I mean, because if and poor Madame Blanc, ugh, poor Madame Blanc at the end, that I did not see coming. Neve, because <laughs> um, at the end, uh, Madame Blanc. I th- was she? I think she was cut down by Mother Marcos. Um, but before that, before that, she had actually um, been speaking to Mother Suspiria through uh, Susie. So you have this sweet little Susie, um, you know, right there next to her. And I mean, Susie slash Mother Suspiria said to um, to Mother or Madame Blanc, you know, you, you look scared. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Oh, oh, I love that part. Cause I was like, wait a second. Something's about mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I just love that movie so much. There's so many, you know, what I like about that movie is uh, a lot of men find it very, at least a lot of men that I have, either read reviews from or heard say this in, in, in like in my presence, but they find it very uncomfortable because the movie, every single character is a woman except for the psychiatrist. Um, But the psychiatrist is played by a woman. So (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, right. Um, Kudos to Tilda yeah, Swinton. Yeah, which I love. Huh? Uh, I was just saying kudos to Tilda Swinton for for playing yeah. that role. I know she's fantastic. I think she does five roles in that movie, but she's covered in uh, makeup and uh, synthetics and all that, and so you can't tell it's her. And I didn't know that it was her. Um, but what I love about that movie is that it's a it's a woman's movie, and it's about the relationship between. And there's there's so much. The core of it is about like the the relationships between women and the generational divides between women. Um, and there's and a lot of men are really put off by this, but there's a lot of blood, a lot of it, and there's a lot of body horror. And so, and what I've come to like notice in a, in women's horror movies or feminist horror movies, there's a lot of body horror and, um, like, horror about the domestic life, whereas a man's horror movie is usually going to be about serial killers and more, like, um, about societal fears instead of domestic fears. Um, So I do have a talking point that... uh, Mother Hadera has given us, um, and it is so. It has to do with Jordan Peele, and so this is why I thought about this. And the talking point is um, new genre of social justice horror. Um, and so Jordan Peele came up as one of these because of his uh, because of his movie, specifically Get Out and Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft Country. I think that one's a show. I am not familiar with that one. And then his movie Us. I will say that Us is not a racial movie, and I will go to bat about this for forever. And the reason I thought about this is just because of um, social justice as, like, a topic um, with Suspiria, um, because the movie takes place in the wake of the Holocaust in Berlin. There is going to be um, Nazi and World War II, um, like, background stuff going on. Um, and it, it's just all part of the Berlin context. I don't think that you, like, in a lot of movies, especially American movies, you can't really talk about uh, Berlin without talking about its historical presence. We're going to talk about social justice horror and how that deals with witchcraft. So have you seen any of the Jordan Peele movies, Bradwick? I have not. And I feel okay. bad that I haven't. Okay. But... So you know, there's, there's so much content, and I feel bad that I haven't made my way to it. No, I, yeah, there is a lot of content. I think that you and I should have a sleepover sometime and watch us because um, it's fantastic, and I love it, and I think that it is precisely the artistic horror movie that you want. Um, so, and how about this? Because you haven't seen the movie, so I will, instead, I will sell you the movie. How about that? Does that work? Okay. Sounds good. I will convince you to watch it with me. So Us (laughs) is, yes, so Us is about a family. The movie stars Lupita Nyong'o. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, And she is amazing. She is a beacon of skill and talent, and I adore her, and she's gorgeous, and she makes me want to sing. But she 
uh, stars in this movie about a family, um, and some events occur where these people come out of uh, uh, seemingly nowhere, but really it's out of the uh, underground tunnel system that is underneath the United States um, as part of the infrastructure building that happened uh, over many, many decades. Um, but these people uh, come come out and they start attacking uh, the people who live ag- above ground. Um, these people are people who look just like them, but the demented and twisted and manipulated forms and uh, uh, reflection of them. And the reflection is, um, I think, like the key word here, because it's about the warped way that uh, we see ourselves. Um, so um, you will see on the internet um, about it being a racial movie. It is not. And it is not a movie that is a is not about the commentary on race. Get Out was a movie commenting on race and how racism um, can be found even throughout the more benign um, sex of American of American life. Like even Democrats or liberals or leftists are can fall prey to the ingrained ideas of racism and sexism and specifically racism. But us um, stars a African-American family. And so a lot of people are like, this is a racial movie and it's not just because the movie stars racial uh, non-white people does not mean it's a movie about race. It's a gorgeous movie. And I think that my, like the thing that sells it for me is that it it reads like a dream, like a nightmare, and like plot by Ooh. plot, scene by scene, the mirroring of character to character is dreamlike, and it feels like a dream because in dreams, you know that feeling when you're trying to run, you're running through pudding, and you can't run, and you're being pulled back by this bungee cord of psychosis um that whole movie feels like that everything is so surreal but so thematic and to me it reads like a a skewed and twisted fairy tale dream and i adore it and um i wish i I wish you had seen it because then i can talk about it more Without spoiling it, I will I'm say so sorry. that <laughs> I know, I know. You'll watch it. And we'll watch it together. It'll be fine. Um, but oh God, it, it's just so gorgeous. Especially, um, I would say for anybody who has not seen it yet, to look out for the Snow White parallels. Um, it is very fairy tale esque. There are like MacGuffins and symbology that are going to feel very uh, fairy tale, like a pair of golden shears that are using people. Like that sounds very Rumpelstiltskin, very fairy tale. Um, but it's <laughs> Snow White. It's Snow White because Snow White and Rose Red. I don't know how many of our listeners um, know about the difference, like know about Snow. There's Snow White, but then there's a separate fairy tale who are technically not the same person, but they have the same name. But there's another fairy tale called Snow White and Rose Red or Briar Rose, depending on who you ask. 
and it's the story of two sisters and the sisters share everything, including life experiences. And that's what this movie is about. It's about Lupita Nyong'o's character, characters, because she plays both characters, and how these two mirror images of the same woman have interacted, like their experiences in both places. I wish I could talk more about it. Um, but we we will we can we I mean, can probably talk about that another sounds- time like something that we do need to have a sleepover with for sure. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Definitely. I will bring the sour patch watermelon. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah. So but social justice horror. Do you want to do you want to talk about like how that appears how social justice appears in horror? Uh, sure. Let's talk about that. Do it. Oh. Uh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, for me, I haven't, and, and this could just be because I don't click on the things that I should click on, but um, when, when you say social justice horror, are you saying that as like mm-hmm. a genre itself, like social justice horror is a genre? I think of it as a subgenre because if horror is the genre, then it would be the subgenre. Oh, okay, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I feel like I, you know, I feel like there's not enough of it. Um, okay. If that makes sense, you know, I yeah. mean, we, we've we've got you know us and Get Out and Lovecraft Country, but I. I I still feel like those are still even underplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I, not, I mean, I mean, under underappreciated, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because like, I feel like I mm-hmm. hear about it when it comes out, but then it just the talk kind of just stops. Um, yeah. I feel I and and right now, I mean, those are three. Those were those are Jordan Peele. You know, I think there mm-hmm. should be more. I wish there was more. I, I you know, let's get mm-hmm. more out there. You know, where are those? Um, other content creators, but you know that 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 goes even further into um, you know industry talk um, that I don't know if we need to get into tonight. But I mean the the industry is kind of saturated, and um, you know it's it's got systemic racism built into it. I mean, yeah, there's so there's that, and that does mm-hmm. impact the you know the media content that we are given. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Social justice horror. It's interesting because I never, I never really, I guess, picked up on it as a sub uh, genre of horror, which I guess isn't entirely a fault of my own, but it probably also is. So I'll Mm -hmm. own it because I wasn't looking for it, but Although that could also be something to be said, that if you're not looking mm-hmm. for it, it might not appear to you. When I mm-hmm. have a feeling that shouldn't have to be looked for, it should be very evident that, I think, like, yeah, this okay. is happening. We're, yeah, go ahead. So I think, like, the reason that you're finding it's uh, difficult to come by is because 
Um, I think that uh, an attractive thing to make movies about is the supernatural, just because there's so much you can do about that. Um, Whereas movies that are a bit more down to earth about social justice problems are called dramas. Um, And so social justice, I think there, there are things that need to be pushed um, plot wise, like not plot wise, but like, certain things can be pushed a little bit into the supernatural or the weird or like there are some things that need to be thematically pushed at for it to become a social justice horror. Um, And so what I mean when we say social justice horror is that for, um, for if, if you're going to divide like the population of Americans into um, like white and man, uh, male, sorry, so if you have like white um, and then the people of color who are systemically um, uh, system, there are systemic problems and oppress and oppression against these people. Um, and then there's the other side, which is the class system. And then there's another one, which is um, like the sexism. So um, how you identify, which is like male, uh, male, female, man, uh, man, woman, and then our non-binary folk and our trans folk. Um, and by the way, tra- uh, trans horror is going to be a completely different uh, wheelhouse that I am in no way educated enough to speak about. Um, but a lot of horror has to do with supernatural because it's something that like pretty much every culture on earth has some kind of supernatural or something that they can that they find scary that we can like make into movies and stories. But the things that we don't like talking about too much are our domestic violences and our um, societal violences and um, turning that into horror can sometimes be very um, difficult to do emotionally, I think, but I'm also not a filmmaker yet. Um but so some of the social justice movies that come to mind, because like I'm, maybe I might know that I, I, I know a few. I don't know a ton, but I know a few because I do stray more towards the pagan, um, quote unquote, supernatural movies. Um, so a couple of them are <laughs> this 2001. It was, it was a movie that came out in 2001 called Bones, and it stars a Snoop Dogg. And that one is about. Um, uh, uh, neighborhood uh, gang and drug violence, um, and it seems it seems silly. It seems silly because it's got uh, Snoop Dogg in it, but apparently he really enjoyed the role, and it did say a lot about um, the black experience with uh, drugs becoming a uh, uh, coming into neighborhoods during the '90s. Again, I'm not someone who is super educated in. Like I'm, I'm not the person to talk about um, the black experience or the uh, or anything like that. But that's one that comes to mind because it is about class, it is about race, and it is about um, like historical and cultural beats like that. Um, another one um, that I can think of besides the Jordan Peele movies, I think the Jordan Peele movies are like the number one like heavy hitters for like create like creating a more um, straightforward talk about 
how people create, how we create our our own horror stories in everyday life. Right, and well, you know now I'm thinking about this because uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. I googled. I I used the Google machine because I was use curious to see. Okay. Yeah, I was curious to see if um they if if they as in I don't know other users of the interwebs were also mm-hmm. labeling other movies as you know a social horror. I was wondering social social and oh. justice horror. I was wondering. I was yeah, I was wondering if someone had already kind of created that subgenre. And there are a couple lists out there, um, but they don't use the term social justice horror. Instead, they're acknowledging oh. certain horror films for their um, social commentary. And okay. one of okay. these on the list is actually called the is the Perch, um, which oh, is yeah, the Perch. interesting. I never. I never saw it, it as is. a horror movie, I guess. I just kind of pictured it. You know, every I watched the first one, and, and I just I couldn't watch any of those anymore because they were just uh, – I it was a lot. Um, but – Yeah, the I'm not a fan. Now <laughs> makes, yeah, but it makes sense that they're kind of painting it as a social injustice horror because it, it does yeah. – uh, talk about like the disenfranchised and mm-hmm. I think there's some uh, race relation concepts in there as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but, I can't you know, it's, it's one of those things. Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. No, no you, you go ahead. Up. Stop it. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> um, God damn it. <laughs> Okay, how about this? I'm gonna go. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm I'm staring at some stuff right now, and stuff says that they're calling them social thrillers instead of social justice horror. That makes more sense. Hello. Yeah, let's. I wish we could retitle that. Anyone that's on the bandwagon to start calling things social justice horror, let's let's well, start using that terminology. Yeah, I don't like thriller because thrillers to me is like business. I don't know. It seems like I don't feel like that's the right genre title. I feel like horror is absolutely what you need because thriller I think is about adrenaline, whereas like horror is about like an instinctual gut reaction. Um but yeah, so I yeah, so some of the different social justice horrors or social thrillers that I'm seeing are uh clearly the um oh society. I forgot about society. Society's a really good one. That's definitely about class and I think it's really, really great. And you people should definitely see it. Um another one, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, good one. Fantastic. Oh, yes. Uh, what else? Oh, Candyman. <gasps> okay, I saw that Jordan Peele was redoing, not redoing, but there was going to be a a Candyman um, comeback. And I don't know who else has seen Candyman, but Candyman I adore. 
and it is a movie. It's a systemic racism movie and about the power of like prejudice um, in Chicago society. Um, and the bad guy, I say bad guy with like quotes because what it is is the story of the ghost of a man, a um, a slave, who he and um, a white woman had fallen love, fallen in love back in the day, and when they were found out, he was uh, murdered, and um, his body was. Um, I think that what happened in the movie is that he his body became encrusted in uh, bees and a hive, and so they started calling him Candyman, and so he comes back to um, like he comes back to. Uh, seek revenge on the upper class um, white people who do live in the Chicago area. Um, but it's about urban legend and racism and um, the uh, problems that ra- that slavery still to this day has on um, African American people, especially in the in like in the South where it was uh, big and in the cities. Um, but it's it's beautiful and it's so poignant and I, I love it. And Jordan Peele is supposed to be making a remake of it. And I'm very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic because I really like Jordan Peele's movie making style, but I'm also a little bit, a little bit uh, nervous just because I don't want to see it. I don't want to see people, I don't know, straying too far from the core uh, moral and the lessons taught in that movie. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Oh. I'm... So we also have Bradwick. Um, we have another talking point that Hedera has, and I want to pose this question to you. So Uh-oh. what makes uh, what makes witchcraft movies and shows disappointing or off-putting? Like, what does that for you? Hello, hello. Testing, testing. We won't wait any longer, we are stronger.
You have grazed away the heather and have raised the sacred grove. You have driven native peoples from the places that they love. Though your greed has been unbounded, you have felt the pangs of shame every time you trod upon the mother's name. We won't wait any longer. We are stronger. The memory of the ancient way. Still, the people light the bale fire every year on Solstice Day. And on Beltane, even Sawan, you can find us on the hill, invoking once again the triple will. We won't wait any longer. We are stronger. Wait any longer We are strong
And we're back. Um, if you're still listening, we apologize. We had a little technical difficulty there, a little hiccup. We'll call it the residual effects of 2020, just a little little burp in the system there. Uh, so if you're still with us, hi. Hi, welcome back. We're back. Neve, hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we are. We're still talking about uh, films and witchcraft and pagan films and all the things film-oriented. Um, mm-hmm. So where would you like to pick up at? I don't know. I feel like you had a, a specific uh, question or at least a point of conversation you wanted to talk oh, about. Okay. Okay. So, um, well, um I mean, we've talked about a lot of different films tonight. I mean, we, we talked about Suspiria. Mm-hmm. We got, we've got a couple lists going, which I'll have to mm-hmm. remember to actually post for our listeners later so everybody can uh, spend yeah. their other quarantine hours uh, just drooling over these amazing films we've got listed out this evening. Um, mm-hmm. But since we've mentioned so many of them, I think we should kind of touch on the representation, um, mm-hmm. you know, of – uh, of paganism in the media during the COVID quarantine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it is important that we kind of acknowledge not just not just the representation that's been happening now, but I think really the buildup that's been happening over the past couple of years. Um, you know, now, especially with everybody, you know, locked inside on quarantine, I think there's a chance that it's actually being received by more than mm-hmm. we even think than before. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we could talk about that a little bit. Um, I think that's a good idea. What are your, yeah. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the representation you're seeing so far? So what I've noticed in pagan movies um, during COVID season COVID season. It's a year. It's been a year. Ugh. Anyway, um, uh, COVID quarantine era is like this huge, um, I think, population growth in like the amount of people who've been watching pagan movies. And what I would say from that, we've talked about how um, like witchcraft movies are about personal power and about um, rising against uh, any, the oppressor present or the quote-unquote authority figure present. Um, And so what I think that, like, the reason why pagan movies are becoming such a big thing right now is because as Americans, our administration and its handling of this pandemic is one that has not been truthful. Like, it has not been entirely, it's been not at all what we need. And now we have, I think over a quarter million people. Uh, uh, and it's, and if, if witchcraft movies are going to be about arising against the oppressor, we have a very tangible case of um, oppression and um, misplaced authority happening. And so this is not only an escapist thing, but it's also a survival thing. Because these movies, um, all these horror movies that we are watching, 
and all these witchcraft movies that we're watching are not only arming us like in a psychic in a, in a psychic in a psychological sense like shoring up our own personal vulnerable um like vulnerabilities but also like teaching us literal ways that we can um that we can defend ourselves and learn to be a bit more street savvy and legal savvy and socially savvy um so that we can survive this pandemic not only as like a species but specifically as Americans because other countries are doing a little bit better than we are looking at you New Zealand you're doing great good job <laughs> yeah so i'm excited for it and i think that it's it's promising because what i love about that is that like we aren't intentionally like ad like I haven't been intentionally advertising for uh I think it's one of the things about paganism is that we don't advertise or market our uh faith or religious um values as much as say Christians do. Like we don't have mission trips. Like we don't do that. Um just because we respect a person's sovereign identity more than the spreading of our own beliefs. And so you don't see billboards uh, about finding, uh, have you have you spoken to our Lord and Savior Satan today or Lord and Savior Pan or Lord and Savior insert pagan deity here? Um, and so it means that all of these people who are coming on to pagan uh, horror movies, pagan slash horror movies, whatever, um, are doing it of their own volition because these are things that they feel like are reflecting their own personal terrors and their own personal personal fears. And it just, it, it excites me that people revert back to this um, knowing that the, this is, and I, this is ide- ideals and values that have been around longer than, like, uh, industrialized capitalism. And there is some relief in that. There's some comfort in that, that there are things older than the problem, than the problems that we are creating right now. What are your thoughts? Right. Well, no, I, I totally agree. Um, and, I, I, again, I'm coming back to the fact that, um, you know, witchcraft is the language of the oppressed. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the this COVID quarantine era, um, there's been a lot of oppression that's been, you know, brought to the surface and even some new oppressive manners that we've seen um, in terms of, mm-hmm. I mean, the the way our healthcare system is built, you know, that's kind of starting to bubble up again. I mean, even um, – in where I live, um, mm-hmm. I had the news on just yesterday, and um, our healthcare advisor was on the news saying that they, um, it was brought to their attention that uh, the vaccines, um, the percentage of um, that the percentage that were given to African Americans versus white was uh, very off-putting. And mm-hmm. she came out on, on television and she said, you know what, we are aware. And there is systemic racism built into the way our health care is operating. And we're mm-hmm. going to acknowledge that and we're going to work on fixing this. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, so what was my point? My point is, is that we're seeing a lot of oppression, you know, during this time and it's being acknowledged more. Um, but because witchcraft is the language of it and we've got the, the films now, I think there is a lot more for people to latch on to. And I think there's room for some maybe creative thinking and problem solving that can happen within mm-hmm. those, that subject matter. So I think it's really interesting, and I'm glad to see um, an influx of you know, mm-hmm. paganism, um, which, I mean, I have. I went to Barnes & Noble the other day to get a calendar. <laughs> I was like, you know, I need a calendar with the pagan holidays on it because I'm really bad at that. And mm. I found one. I found um, a wall calendar, and it was the last one. And I and I smiled as I picked it up because it was like, I know there are at least 25 of these in this stack, and this is the last one. So I know you're out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I know. It's like I see you. Turn on your location. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was that thing in X-Men that he had and to put on his head, and it pinged up all the X-Men? Cerberus. What? No. <laughs> Cerebro. <laughs> Cerebro, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love Cerberus, yeah, though. Get... I love getting a three-headed dog mixed up in my metaphors. <laughs> gonna, I love that. Send a three-headed dog. To... Hey, hop on. I love that. <laughs> Just send a hellhound. Instead of turning on your locations on Snapchat, you can just try and get a dog knocking down your door. It's got three heads, and you're going to get eaten. I love that. <laughs> Oh, boy. yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. goodness. I love it. So, um, with all this new, so all this new media representation of paganism, um, is there anything about it that you find off-putting or disappointing? Uh, you know. I so I am still um you know what I, I should probably stop saying that because I'm not new new but <laughs> comparatively You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't know if I find too much disappointing or off putting and that could just come from my own um current understanding of my craft. But mm-hmm. I would like to point out, like you, again, earlier in the show, you did mention that a lot of what we see portrayed in the media is going to be the American sense of witchcraft and paganism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I do get disappointed because I do find myself at some point thinking, well, I want to know what this looks like in other countries and other sects Mm -hmm. of paganism. Like, I want to know what those Mm -hmm. look like. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what, like, what does this actually look like in other countries? Um, mm-hmm. like, so I guess Outlander, um, if you've seen the show <laughs> Outlander, <laughs> I love that show. I love it so much. It's not really based 
at all in paganism or witchcraft, but there are elements of it. And, I mean, she is walking around with uh, a knowledge of, of herbal medicine. And, I mean, there's a, a story arc where she's labeled as a witch and becomes the whole thing. Um, and actually, I think there were some, oh, no, the guy that owns the oddity shop that she goes to, um, oh, wait, no, that was really beautiful. Yeah, no, I like that part. She, like, there were a couple hints there about what it might look like, um, you know, from a English mm-hmm. aspect, maybe. I could be wrong mm-hmm. about that. But that was maybe the closest I got to getting a sense of what it looks like outside of America. But I know that that's mm-hmm. still probably tainted with us. So uh, I, I have some international movies for you. Yeah. Well, I think then what you're experiencing is not that there is not a lot of uh, foreign. I think what the problem is, is that you're not tuned in yet. I don't think that your algorithms are set up to find foreign films so much because that's what you're going to be looking for. You're not going to find uh, many of those movies in English. And you're going to have to do a little bit more digging for those. So, oh, like one of them, one of my favorite foreign uh, films um, is called Valerie's Week of Wonders. And, God, what language was that in? I want to say Polish, but I feel like I'm wrong. It could be Austrian. I don't know. Uh, Dutch is what I meant to say. Anyway, um but it is a foreign film and is absolutely very, very witchy. It also is a very silly movie, and it's going to remind you of what essays look like before they're edited, but you turn it in anyway. Um, <laughs> and it's an exquisite movie. So I think, like, I think, like, the problem that you're having is that you're wanting to uh, travel. Like, you're, you're experiencing some, like, uh, film wanderlust Um but, like, I feel like you need to tune into more foreign films for that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the other yeah. disappointing thing is that, like, uh, I think it's, it's whitewashed. A lot yeah. of what we see yeah. in terms of witchcraft is extremely whitewashed, and it's, mm-hmm. it does kind of get annoying. Um hmm you know, I don't even know if I need mm-hmm. to say much more on that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, every, it's, I, it's exhausting. Every and a lot of, I think a lot of uh, white filmmakers, I think that they don't get that. I'm kind of bored, like seeing my own, like, because it's about like relatability and whatnot, like, oh, I'm supposed to only be able to relate to people of my own color and my own class and my own uh, nationality. But like, that's so boring. I don't want to be, I don't want to see what I'm, what I can relate to because I know what I can relate to. I've lived it. What I want though is to experience like I want to, I I want to take a look into another person's life and another person's story and their, like, what's hard for them and what's good for them, and I want to see what their magic looks like and I want to see what their faith looks like and their culture and their mythologies. 
And I don't know if a lot of filmmakers get that, but like I'm kind of, and maybe other, I mean, sound off in the comments, I guess, but like I, I'm, I'm tired of seeing what I'm used to. And I do experience a film like a, a kind of wanderlust. And I want to see, um, I want to, I want to see more of that. Um, so, but back to the main, um, the main question, it's about disappointing. And so the reason that that was made into a plot point, a, a, a talking question. And I think that uh, Lady Hedera put that in intentionally to rile me up um, because she said specifically um, what makes witchcraft shows disappointing and off-putting. Um, I, I feel specifically called out because I have a vehement dislike for the show Sabrina and so many people disagree with me about this and I will argue until one of us <laughs> runs out of breath. Do you, do you watch that show? I do. I do watch that show. Alright, so how about you tell people, like, it's, how about it's, okay, how about, can you convince me that it's a good show? <laughs> <laughs> So, so you want me just to convince you to watch the brand? Just talk about it as a good show, and then I'm going to tell you why I fucking hate it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, I genuinely want to. I want to hear why you like it. (laughs) Okay. You know, I liked it. Um, one, uh, because, well, I originally started watching it because I did watch the brand Teenage Witch back in the 90s. So I was super excited to see it come yes. back after I learned that yes. it was a graphic novel. Um, uh-huh. And I was the dark route with it. And mm-hmm. so as I was watching it, I, I liked it because it was addressing a lot of different things. So for one... Um, it brings up, so, you know, Sabrina's power over herself, you know, because she, mm-hmm. and she was going to be forced to do something she didn't want to do. So there's a lot of, I'm not going to do this because you say I have to do it. I'm going to do it my way. Okay. Inevitably, mm-hmm. she ends up screwing a lot of shit up. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. um but at least she got to make her choice. <laughs> um, yeah. But it also, this is this particular show and the way the way that they're doing it is also addressing um, uh, sexuality differences. It's mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's even a little bit of um, racial stuff in there. Um, I'm forgetting the actress's name or the character's name. The seer. The uh, oh. I can't remember her name. Rosalind? Ros? Yeah, Ross. Yeah, Ross. You know, when I hear her story and, and about her and her grandmother and her family, um, I do see a little bit racial subject matter going on there because she is, um, I think she is black. actually the only black character there. Um, but she has, you know, no, a story that no one else she's has. She's not. She's not? She's not. She's not. There's three main uh uh, black slash mixed race uh, African American 
uh, appearing characters. Oh, I, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I it's it's been a long time. I haven't even watched the new season yet. Um, no, you're you're completely right. I can't believe I forgot mm-hmm. about them because I love. Is mm-hmm. it Riz? Yeah. Is that her name? What's the what's the, the oh. name? Oh my god. Prudence. Yes, Prudence. Oh my god, she's a badass. <laughs> I and oh my god, how could I forget about what? Oh my god, Pordermo Chance. What's that's his real name? Um. Oh god. Pordermo. Yeah, Isn't that tomato it, brand. I'm just over here. Spouting off name okay, brands. There's Pomodoro. There's Pomodoro yep, and there's Palermo, and I was thinking of those. So it's two different places. So, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the one. I can't believe I forgot about him because I like him. He's nice to look at. <laughs> I'm asexual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, I do like that, that it's got a mixed cast, um, and and they and they're also you know bringing up sexuality. There, there's a lot of other points mm-hmm. that is like, it's like hitting on in those subject matters. Now, when we get to witchcraft and paganism, um, I did not like when they had pitted the witches and the pagans against each other. I... Yeah. <laughs> I was watching that, and I remember thinking to myself, like, wait a, wait a second. What Did is, you feel my fury? What is this? Yeah, and, like, I I remember talking to Megan, who was on earlier. I remember talking to her and be like, hey, what is this about? Because I don't mm-hmm. agree with this setup. Who'd, yeah, fucking stuff. No. Yeah, same words about that. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I hate this show. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. <laughs> what I love, and I love, okay, I love the enthusiasm, or at least the desire, to have a racially diverse cast, to have a race, like both racially, okay. So racially, okay, the show, I need to correct my thoughts. I need to organize. The show addresses class, racial differences, um, gender differences, uh, gender problems, orientation problems, which are two different things for those in the back seat. So LGBTQ matters. Um, And then there's the we talked about class and that, and even though that may not be specifically addressed, it's addressed in an academic way. So academically speaking, there are going to be people who are going to go to a public school. And then there are people that are going to go to a private school. And it's about money and it's about influence. It's also about race. And uh, the, the show does address that because in like in organized um, satanic or um, uh, Luciferian craft um, and a bunch of different um, other sects of um, 
related sects, adjacent sects. Um, there's going to be a issue with sexism and there's going to be an issue with racism, um, especially. And then there's the academic thing. And I do like that the show talks about these things, except for the uh, looking down the nose, shitting on uh, pagans and heathens and how witches apparently aren't those people and they are the uh, satanic and the Luciferian uh, characters. And so then the witches are part of the Christian branch of things and not the pagan branch of things. Because even when you are Luciferian and you are Satanist, you are also working within the Christian uh, scope and it sets me off. It sets me off. And I also watched the Sabrina show when I was younger, and I adored it. I used to wait. I used to wake up super early, and I would watch the reruns because at the when I was watching them, they were reruns um, because I am a youngster. But I loved it, and I I adored it. And I also loved the comic books. I did like how dark and spooky it got because I love dark and spooky. I love it. Here's the fucking problem, though. Besides the pagan versus witches thing, there is no fucking versus, and I hate that. Okay, so the thing is, the reason why I don't watch the show, um, it's always on the background because uh, mom and all of my aunts, I have countless many, I have so many aunts, you know that, Bradway. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so many um, but the reason I don't watch the show on my own is because Sabrina is the kind of person that I want to take out into the front yard and beat, like, to a pulp. Like, I hate her as a person, like, as a character. Like, if I knew her in real life, I would want to fight her on sight. Like, ugh. She, she drives me insane. I don't like how she's written as a person because she's a fucking brat and I hate her. But, okay, so, like, the number one thing that I, I despise is that she grows up in a um, a witchy pagan household um, by, like, two aunts who have been schooling her in the craft for her entire life. But every time something shows up in the show, and I get it that she has to be ignorant of these things so that people who are watching the show can learn about these things in a way that makes sense. It's about accessibility and uh, the mobility of the information. But here's the thing is that in plot, it doesn't fucking make sense because she has grown up with these things. There's no reason she shouldn't know. She, there's no reason she shouldn't know how to act or how to behave in circle or in the hierarchy of the craft or in, as a witch in general. And I don't like how she behaves. I don't like the choices that she makes because as a person who has been raised in the exact same way, like she and I have the exact same upbringing and I would never make the shitty decisions that she does. Like morally, ethically, academically, I hate the things that she does. It just drives me insane. So like I, I like what they're trying to do with the diversity in the class and the academia and the religion and the paganism, whatever, but like the characters, the characters, I, 
like, would just want to, like, shank in the jugular and just leave them on the floor. I, like, <laughs> I just, I can't, I cannot, that's why I can't watch the show. I got through, like, the first few episodes of the first season when it first came out, and I was like, no, I cannot stand Sabrina. I, I just can't. I can't stand her. She's not, and every raised pagan, and there's not a lot of us, Every raised pagan witch that I know would never make the decisions that she makes. And it just, it just makes me so mad. So, I mean, yes, I'll, there are things about the show that I get, I would get excited about because it is representation for a lot of different um, things, especially from my childhood. I don't see a lot of uh, representation about like the way I was raised because I'm very strange and unique upbringing and so I mean it's just it just makes sense that it's not going to be seen it's not like I I don't I am a white uh, woman I'm a white person and so of course I'm going to see like white culture on TV but I was also raised pagan and I was raised by a very out very queer mother so living in a non-Christian from the get-go LGBTQ type childhood is very different than a lot of people. And so I like that this show offers that relatability, except that Sabrina fucking sucks and I can't relate to her because she sucks <laughs> as a human and I hate her. <laughs> okay. Rant over. Rant over. I don't want to talk about her anymore because she's taken too much up of my time and I hate her. I would fight her in the street any day of the week. Like I despise her. I despise her. Ugh. And I can get into that another time. I can talk to anybody if they want to message me. I don't care. I would love to talk about it more because I hate her. I hate her. I like what they're trying to do. I hate her. But I love you, Bradley. Oh, and I love you, dearest <laughs> listeners. And I love our listeners. And I love everybody. I love this cat who's cuddling with me. I love everyone. I just hate Sabrina. <laughs> All right, so you you guys heard it. If you want to fight with Neve more about Sabrina, um, <laughs> you can you can send us an email to incantationnation2020 at yahoo dot com. <laughs> uh, you can also reach yeah. out to us on any of our social media platforms. Um, on Facebook, we have the Village Laughing Brook. <laughs> And we've got the Incantation Nation page on Facebook as well. Please submit your uh, love letters for Sabrina there so that Neve can <laughs> adequately respond to them with letters dripping in hatred and disdain. Um. I would, okay, I, uh, let me make it clear. I would love to be, uh, to discuss these things because I, I love having academic and fun, like, interpretations and discussions about uh, media and representation and blah, 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 blah. And I would love to do that. But <laughs> Sabrina makes me want to heave. I hate her. I hate her as a person. But you know what? Credence is great. Prudence, Prudence, Credence, I don't know all of their names. Um, they're fantastic. Um, but, yeah, they're just her as a person. Like, if I was in that show. Anyway, I didn't mean to segue into uh, the into the tagging <laughs> into like telling everyone about our social media, but that worked. I liked that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I, that is about the time that we have for this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our little little film nerd talk. Um, I'll be sure to post the uh, list, plural, uh, lists of films we've um, uh, talked about this evening, as well as some of the television shows. And we'll try to throw in a couple more um, foreign films. I've got two here, uh, so we'll look for a couple of those. But if you have any uh, really cool media suggestions for us, go ahead and shoot us a message and let us know what you'd like us to watch and or review. It'd be fun. Um, and mm-hmm. until then, we'll talk to you later. Um, good night, Neve. Good night, listeners. <laughs> and good night, nation. Good night. Take us to bed. Just don't understand